Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons & Dragons. And today on the show we have... Hello, I'm Robert Hartley. I'm a professional dungeon master and a full-time TTRPG player. Uh, I'm the DM from a comedy group called Viva La Dirt League. That's where people most know me from. And today we're going to be talking about the Artificer, the Artillerist subclass. Hey guys. Hey everybody. How you guys Hello. doing today? <laughs> Good. Um, welcome, Rob, to the show. We're very happy to have you on. Thank you. And today you are the the resident expert on this subclass. I have very <laughs> little like practical experience with this subclass, but I am to understand that you have much practical experience with this subclass. Oh, yes. Yes, very much so. Um, it is a very involved subclass, and I wish I'd known it before I uh, agreed to run one. Uh, in... <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, 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 one of the group guys in the um, Viva the Dirt League uh, uh, campaign that's ongoing is playing an artillerist artificer, mm-hmm. uh, or art- artificer, or the many different However you want to say it. places all over the world. It doesn't seem to matter how you say it. Someone no, doesn't, does someone's going to Somebody, be upset. Somebody's always going to correct you on it. It's true. It's true. As a matter of fact, it's not just that the artillerist is an involved subclass. The entire class of the artificial oh, is yeah. very involved. Yeah. Um, but let's get into it. Sure. Let's go. So it is, as I've said before, the summer of the artificer. And today we're covering my favorite of the three subclasses, the artillerist. You want a gunslinger? You got it. You want explosives expert? You got it. You want an arcane cannoneer? You got it. This class gets all the utility and interesting mechanics of the artificer with a lot of extra boom to top it off with. And we also have a special guest who has some level experience and expertise on the subclass. So let's get into it. An artillerist specializes in using magic to hurl energy, projectiles, and explosions on the battlefield. This destructive power was valued by all the armies of the last war. As we know, this is a very Eberron-centric uh, um, player option, and the last war is like crucial to the lore of Eberron. Right, it kicks off the Eberron setting book. Basically, right? yes. Okay. Everything so, is set in the aftermath of that war. The one, the, the last one. The last Not one. Not the one before. Not it. the one before. Okay. The absolutely last one. Okay. <laughs> 
Now that the war is over, some members of this specialization have sought to build a more peaceful world by using their powers to fight the resurgence of strife in Corvair. So I imagine that as like bounty hunters, security forces, etc., etc. Um, if you're running this in Eberron. Um, so at level three, which is when you take this class, um, the subclass, you get a tool proficiency immediately off the bat. When you adopt this specialization at third level, you gain proficiency with wood carver's tools. That's an interesting one. Right. Uh, if you already have this proficiency, you get a proficiency with one other type of artisan's tools of your choice. Now, why wood carver's tool? Am I missing something? Yeah, it's because it's to do with ones. It used to be um, that this, it used to be this artificer subclass in the, I think the uh, Unearthed Arcana days was like guns. And then a lot of people pushed back, being like, I don't want guns in my medieval, get no. little guns out of this thing. Right. Um, and it, it, despite the fact that a lot of the long swords and things that they're fine with using actually came about in history after the first flintlock rifles and things. Right. So historically speaking, the guns should be perfectly fine in medieval, yeah. but whatever. Uh, and so they changed it when they released it officially to be much more about wands than guns. Okay, and so, I think, so we, I think we'd be out here carving wands. Yeah, I think that's, I, 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 I've always assumed that that's the case. That tracks, okay. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see Woodcarver's tools listed specifically when the only other class I'm really familiar with doing that is is the rogue with thieves tools right mm, yeah okay well moving on the artillerist also gets some spells at level three uh you always have a certain spell prepared after uh you reach particular levels in this class as shown in the artillery spells table these spells count as artificer spells for you but they don't count against the number of artificer spells that you prepare and these spells are as follows at third level you get shield and thunder wave fifth level scorching ray and shatter Ninth level, Fireball, Wind Wall. Thirteenth level, Ice Storm and Wall of Fire. And seventeenth level, Cone of Cold and Wall of Force. Now, it's been a while since I read the the entire class of the Artificer, but if I remember correctly, don't they specifically say that you're kind of supposed to or intended to reflavor your spells as inventions or gadgets? Yes. Or am I misremembering? Yeah, that's right. That's no, right. that's exactly right. Yeah, they say that for the artillery, uh, for the artificer, they don't really cast spells so much as unlock magic in, in objects and items. Right. So they're they're meant to be an item sub, uh, an item class that uses all sorts of right. Magic okay, items that's what. I, so these are some real. Some of these are yeah. some real hard hating spells. Some some heavy wizard spells. Uh, do you have any examples from your artillery? So what type of reflavorings your artillery yeah, is doing? Yeah, so I've, I've asked, I always ask him, like, so what are you using to cast this spell? So in, in a uh, one shot we did, uh, he cast Featherfall on someone and he just cast it as like, he just had a huge pillow and he just threw a pillow out of them <laughs> and they just, landed, <laughs> they just landed on this massive cushion. Um, and then other times uh, I asked him, like, what, how, does, how does he cast Cure Wounds? And he decided that it's like a magic bucket that just fills up with water and he throws it at them and it slushes over them. Nice, and them I like and, it. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a running joke, though, that he's terrible at coming up with something in, on the spot when I put him on the spot about it because I asked him like he he said he tinkered with something that uh, covered up a bad smell like there was some bad smell in his shop and so I says what is it you're tinkering with to do that and he goes uh, a screwdriver and I was like <laughs> it seems like he, he like, defaults to mundane any, objects <laughs> yeah could have been anything could have been like a Glade plug-in but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like no a screwdriver that smells interesting all right a small driver all right <laughs> Here comes the, the big one for level three, Eldritch Cannon. 
At third level, you learn how to create a magical cannon. Using Woodcarver's tools or Smith's tools, you could take an action to magically create a small or tiny Eldritch cannon in an unoccupied space on a horizontal surface within five feet of you. A small Eldritch cannon occupies its space, and a tiny one can be held in one hand. Once you create a cannon, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest or until you expend a spell slot to create one. You can have only one cannon at a time and can't create one while your cannon is present. The cannon is a magical object. Regardless of size, the cannon has an AC of 18 and a number of hit points equal to five times your artificer level. It is immune to poison damage and psychic damage, which makes sense. It's an inanimate object. If it is forced to make an ability check or saving throw, treat all its ability scores as 10 or a plus zero. If the mending spell is cast on it, it regains 2d6 hit points. It disappears if it's reduced to zero hit points, or after one hour, you can dismiss it early as an action. When you create the cannon, you determine its appearance and whether it has legs. Uh, you can also decide which type it is, choosing from the options on the Eldritch Cannon's table. On each of your turns, you can take a bonus action cause the cannon to activate if you are within 60 feet of it. As part of the same bonus action, you can direct the cannon to walk or climb up to 15 feet to an unoccupied space, provided it has legs. And the super cool options, you get three for your Eldritch Cannon. Number one, Flamethrower. The cannon excels fire in an adjacent 15-foot cone that you designate. Each creature in that area must make a, make a dex save uh, against your spell DC, taking 2d8 fire damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. The fire ignites any flammable objects in the area that are, aren't being worn or carried. Number two, Force Ballista. Make a ranged spell attack, originating from the cannon, at one creature or object within 120 feet of it. On a hit, the target takes 2d8 force damage, and if the target is a creature, it is pushed 5 feet away. Finally, Protector. The cannon emits a burst of positive energy that grants itself and each creature of your choice within 10 feet of it a number of temporary hit points equal to 1d8 plus your intelligence modifier. So we got some serious utility here, guys. Can we talk about cannon legs? Yes, we can talk about the cannon <laughs> <Yeah>. legs. <laughs> this thing walks. Uh, yeah. And, but you can just decide it doesn't? Yes, um, yeah. Because the, the idea flavor-wise is that they wanted you to be able to choose, do you want a handheld pistol so that if you... For ah. the people who still want, oh, I want a gun, then they can mm -hmm. flavor it as I'm going to make a gun and just mm -hmm. have it as a tiny object I can hold in my hand. Uh, and in, in which case, it'd be weird to, for it to have legs sticking out the bottom <laughs> of your handgun as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, why? Theoretically, you could do that. You could have a handgun that you can hold, yeah, you can well. carry it around, and then you could put it down and activate it, and it could walk an extra 15 feet. Uh, yeah, but why not <laughs> ever? Twice as far. Why not give it legs ever? Because, like, by extension, <laughs> it's going to have legs if you're carrying it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. So if that's you want to like mount it somewhere, maybe. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah that's I think the if, idea. It, if you want it the small version, but you want it to to look like a cool turret that just stays there, then I, I think a rat on your shoulder. In that case, I would just yeah. give it really thick, strong legs that can grasp onto whatever it's. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> it's 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 sure. tripod turret legs actually can then move like. Uh, but yeah, this thing can not only just walk; it can climb. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, so yeah, we're pretty much always giving our cannon legs, as far as I can yeah. tell. And so it's, the, uh, the artillerist pretty... in your game does does is it, is it he or she? Sorry. Uh, he yeah. He, does he uh, have a go to? Greg is the character's name. Oh yeah, he's got a go to. He's got a flamethrower, and it's nice. and he, call, he calls it Poppy, and it's a mechanical sheep. Um, <laughs> his uh, his character comes from a, a comedy skit series called Epic NPC Man, and uh, and he's playing a garlic farmer in that series, and he's nice. an NPC in a video game like World of Warcraft sort of thing, uh, and so he's the one that people go to for quests, and one of his quests is always my sheep have run amok. 
can you go and round them up for me adventure um and so he's he, he flavored it when i asked him about it uh he goes oh she's going to be a, a, a metal sheep with a cannon that comes out of her back like a robot that's awesome i love it they create poppy and then there's a and then there's a uh, there's a running joke that like it was i think we were like 90 episodes into this campaign or something before he realized that he had a third option for the protector thing because <laughs> he was just like flamethrower bazooka let's do it boom yeah, those yeah. two well, that's definitely what you think of when you think of the artillerist. You're thinking about exactly, like right? offensive firepower. Yeah. Um, how useful is the protector feature? It it seems pretty limited with that ten foot range. Ten foot range is the thing that limits it, but it's very useful because yeah. it can roll uh, t- temporary hit points every round. Uh, as and a it bonus rolls, action. It rolls, yeah, it rolls a d8 mm-hmm. as your bonus action, okay. and so right. yeah, every, I mean, you can just keep rolling it until you've rolled that eight, yeah. and then everybody within range of it, as long as you're with, uh, willing to stay within ten feet of it. Right, um, right, and, and it has you know, the lake, so ranged, it can move with you too. Exactly. If you've That's got awesome. if you've got ranged people and wizards and things and sorcerers and spellcasters, then they can all just stand next to it and keep mm-hmm. getting temporary hit points. Little okay. mini cleric can Indeed, walk around and yeah. heal people. Yeah, That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> all right. So the next feature you get for this subclass is at fifth level, and it's called arcane firearm. At fifth level, you know how to turn a wand, staff, or rod into an arcane firearm, a conduit for your destructive spells. When you finish a long rest, you can use woodcarver's tools to carve special sigils into a wand, staff, or rod, and thereby turn it into an arcane firearm. The sigils disappear from the object if you later carve them on different items. Uh, The sigils always last indefinitely. You can use your arcane firearm as a spellcasting focus for your artificer spells. When you cast an artificer spell through the firearm, roll a d8, and you get a bonus to one of the spell's damage rolls equal to the number rolled. Okay, so that's a little um, offensive power booster. And here are the the uses of the woodcarver's tools. Yeah, let me just carve my gun or my wand into a gun real quick. <laughs> yeah, all right. I get the impression of like when people carve a shiv out of soap or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's seriously. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> standing, you just you lock up the artificer in prison or something, but he's got access to his woodcarver's tools and a lump of wood. You like you managed to you managed to uh, like shawshank it and just be like, can I just get some woodcarver's tools? I swear I'm gonna. And then you give him woodcarver's tools. He just looks around himself, quickly carves this lump of wood into a wand, and then blasts his way out of there. Hell yeah! Thanks, prison guard. I was so. Oh, bored <laughs> bang bang nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that's a really cool uh class feature so moving on at level nine we get the next one explosive cannon so this is this is big boost to that cannon from earlier this is when your story just like climaxing you know absolutely <laughs> starting at ninth level every eldritch cannon you create is more destructive the cannon's damage rolls all increase by 1d8 uh, as an action, you can command the cannon to detonate To detonate if you are within 60 feet of it. Uh, doing so destroys the cannon and forces each creature within 20 feet of it to make a dex save against your spell de- save DC, taking 3d8 force damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. So this is great. If your cannon has caused enough ire to the enemy to deserve their focus, the second it's about to go down, you just make it explode. Yeah, that's the that's the great thing about this one because like with its huge AC and its pretty decent hit points and the fact that it's not really a sentient thing that can take your actions of its own, you're not really going to be focusing on it all that often as a GM. But mm-hmm. if it is like man, the, that that temporary hit points every round is really kicking my ass. I better yeah. take it take it down. You whittle it down to almost dead, and then the and then the guy's like right, fifteen <laughs> feet forwards into the enemy line, and then boom, that's explode. crazy. Yeah, three D eight is nothing to sneeze at. That's, I love that's this good. class. It's good. It's <laughs> yeah, good. It's I, I, <laughs> it really it really shows though with this ninth level feature having nothing to do with the protector the protector option of the, <laughs> the, the, the cannon that they're really focusing on the firepower and they're like yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't increase the the uh, oh you're the right. Hit points you're right. 
I was going to say all of that damage stuff. Could you could you heal your enemy and trick them into thinking this is like a sauna, like a hot spa, <laughs> and then draw everybody in and like only heal one person absolutely. once? Absolutely. Yeah, temporary hit points. You absolutely oh, could. Accidentally give them temporary hit points. That's everybody, so get, come gather around. Okay, guys, this thing's, this thing's healing me. Come on, come over here. It feels so good. Oh! <laughs> That's great. Neat. Okay, no, don't that's a put fun too, thing. No, don't put too much water on the coals. It, it gets to ah, boom. <laughs> I'm into it. Um, you do raise a good point, though, Rob. Um, the the increase is specifically to the damage and not the healing. And maybe that's by design because, like you said, a bonus action uh, giving temporary HP every yeah. single round is already powerful enough. It powerful, doesn't need yeah. more. Yeah, I would I'd definitely not increase it to like 2d8, but like an increase from 1d8 to 1d10 would be an average of an extra one temporary yeah. point, and it would at least flavor that I everything that. about the cannon is getting better. I'm right. surprised there's no plus con or something like that, you know, yeah. attached yeah. to it or proficiency to the heal. Plus your mm-hmm. yeah, plus your intelligence being that you're an yeah, intelligence class. I see that right? Well, yeah. yeah, considering the way they build classes now after Tasha's, you know, staggering yeah. staggering everything with proficiency bonus seems to kind of lightly scale things up in a more positive way it's funny that you bring that up because that was the initial idea of the proficiency bonus in the first place was to keep everything anchored and scaled together yeah and they just weren't utilizing it fully until they're like wait a minute we built this awesome thing we should use it more yeah (laughs) um all right guys final feature fortified position you get this a level 15 you're a master at forming well-defended emplacements using eldritch cannon you and your allies have half cover while within 10 feet of a cannon you create with Eldritch Cannon as a result of a shimmering field of magical protection that the cannon emanates. Um, you can now have two cannons at the same time. You can create two cannons with the same action but not the same spell slot, and you can activate both of them with the same ban- bonus action. Jesus. Uh, you determine whether the cannons are identical to each other or different. You can't create a third cannon while well, you have two. So you can have a healing cannon plus a flamethrower. You can have two heals. You have two flamethrowers. They're all boosting everyone's AC with this half cover. That's excellent. Yeah, this is a really yeah. cool. I like the cannon, especially having legs. Like you can give one like stilettos and like really nice calves. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Just, just confuse your audience, especially yeah. if you're in like you're fighting in mechanists with all the modrons around, and you just, you just create a create a little sexy rope. Do a, yeah. do a little Lola, do a little Lola bunny on the modrons. Guys, Absolutely. guys, this, hi, this, this highly sexualized cannon is healing me. <laughs> Come gather around. That's you got a succubus and an incubus, mate. Um, and two can, two cannons. Is there, is there anything, any comment, questions, concerns that you want to add to this subclass before we take this well-deserved short rest? <laughs> no, I think uh, I think we've pretty much covered it. It's all about creating cannons, baby. Indeed. That's right. Yeah, I'm ready for short time. All right, short let's take time. a quick short rest. Shout out to the Shout out to Shout out to Shout out to Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. We've returned. Indeed we have. Rob, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? I'd be happy to. Thank you very much. Um, so I'm Robert Hartley. I've been a fan of you, you guys for a long time now, years. Uh, and I've been a professional dungeon master for a long time as well. I've, um, I, uh, I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for a living, which is still bizarre for me to say, even though I've been saying it for two years. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm, the, I'm the dungeon master for a uh, comedy group called Viva the Dirt League on YouTube. Their main channel uh, is for comedy skits. And as I kind of mentioned before, they have one that's about um, sentient uh, uh, NPCs in a video game uh, and what they would experience from their perspective as the adventurers come up and stab each other in front of them and just die in the <laughs> middle of the shop or like pawn off all of the garbage to them uh, after a quest. Um, all that sort of uh, comedy skits. And then because it was set in this sort of fantasy world, uh, a mutual friend of ours said, I think Dungeons and Dragons kind of would fit your your style of comedy right that makes sense um and so they uh they 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 got me involved and started playing uh the people who loved it really loved it but because it wasn't exactly their three minute 
uh, skit comedy um, uh, format. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other people that were there for that for that kind of content went eh, not really for us. So we branched off into our own uh, separate channel and got uh, just like all of the people who really wanted to see it uh, avid right. about it. So we have a, a second channel now, um, and and they're both going very well. They're, I think their main channel's somewhere around three million subscribers or something, nice. and the and the, and <laughs> the D and D channels and the D and D channels now up to about three hundred thousand or something. Fantastic! Yes, Congratulations! Yes, Congrats! It's going really well. We're really enjoying it, um, uh, and the campaign is just about to hit uh, episode one hundred. Um, oh, but nice. the, the the sort of point of difference for us is that we keep things at one half hour content every week. Uh, so rather than having to catch up on an actual play of four hours of uh, episodic things every week and falling behind, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with this one, it's called kind of more comedy based. And so it's got that comedy format of half hour digestible chunks. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's really fun. I've been, um, I've been running campaigns for them for a while now. The, um, we started off with a, uh, a sponsored thing from Wizards of the Coast um, doing uh, Descent into Avernus, where they said, "Hey, uh, we're coming out with this this new um, this new hell based uh, campaign module. Would you would you spon- would you run a, a, ge- a game of it to to um, uh, advertise it?" And we were like, "Sure. How many episodes do you want?" And they were like, "Maybe like eight eight half hour episodes." I was like, "Okay, cool. Uh, so, how what part of the campaign do you want?" And they were like, "All of it." I was like, "In." In eight half-hour episodes, you want me to run the entire oh my God. Wow. descent into Avernus? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And so I so I, so I compressed the entirety of descent into Avernus into uh, like a one ta- a one six-hour table session, Holy and crap. then we chopped it up. Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was a very it was a very heavily railroad. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I was like, All right, bit. the next thing, move on, and you've done the thing, and he's given you the box. You take the box to the guy. Go. Yeah, <laughs> you find no, the that's guy still impressive though. Six hours, hell yeah, man. That's yeah, awesome. Man, it was it was a lot of fun, but uh, but yeah, then we uh, then we branched off, and I started homebrewing the rest of this campaign that's ongoing. Cool. Um, so that's what I that's what I'm most known for. I'm also a DM in my own right on Twitch and YouTube, doing D and D adjacent things. I run a um. I run an interactive game of D and D on my Twitch channel where I'm the dungeon master and everybody else in, is is only played by the the, the chat. Wow! Uh, it is a, an entirely interactive thing where the chat control, as a hive mind collective, the actions of the one main character. That's really cool. I love yeah, that. Really, <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it's a way that I found a lot of people saying like, oh, I really want to get into D and D, but there's no one around my area that to play with, and blah blah blah. So they can come join the hive mind. Yeah. Come join That's the awesome. Hive Man. That's, That's cool. awesome. That reminds me of Pokemon Let's Plays. Yeah, where the chat controls exactly what it reminds me of. Avatar does. Yeah. That's, That's a really cool idea. All right. Well, links will be in the description. Everyone go check out Robert's stuff. You know, it's, uh, it's funny. Really cool. uh, I have a quick story because oh, um, I actually discovered Viva La Dirt League like maybe six months ago. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? A buddy of mine at work was like, hey, man, there's these guys making like really cool D&D content on Instagram. You should <laughs> check them out. He sent oh, it to no me. Way. I was like, I need to up my camera game. These guys are doing it. <laughs> yeah, we got we got like a five camera setup at the moment. Yeah, yeah we, we just upgraded to a three camera setup. Yeah, and it's all inspired <laughs> nice. by you. I'm like, oh, I can do, I can do better. I can if I can get like halfway to what these guys are doing, we'll be in good shape. So yeah, it's it's really good stuff, man. I'm um, happy Thank to you. have found it. Yeah. So everyone cool go to check have it you out. On. Also, I think I'm scheduled to be on your Twitch channel on the 23rd. Yes. Yeah, Twitch. yeah. So on my Twitch channel, I, I run D and D adjacent things, reading the books and running the Twitch Tales campaign and things. Uh, but one of the things is uh, a, a series I call Short Rest, where mm-hmm. I just chat with people from the community. And you guys, uh, I don't know if both of you are able to make it, but uh, well, at the very least, you're going to be coming on. Short I will rest definitely be there. I think Brian's going to be on vacation. I'm going to be on vacation, <laughs> but I would love to come on some other time. Definitely. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, we'll make it. Make Sounds it look. good. And we'll let everyone listening know more about that when we get closer to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, should we get into uh, this particular artifice? Yeah, ta- yeah. So tell us at all, all about the infamous Greg. Yes, so Greg the Garlic Farmer. He is the eponymous epic NPC man of the series. Um, and he is, uh, when, when, when it came time to doing this campaign set in that world, I said, like, all right, what, do we want to play completely new characters, in which case you don't feel tied to existing lore about them? Or do you want to play the existing characters because you've got the audience for it and people want to see them in a D&D scenario? They chose for that option. But mm. it did mean that we were a little bit, our hands were a little bit tied in what they could play. Because he is an NPC Gallic farmer and a mer- and a shop merchant, and in the, in the series, I was like, "What class? He can't be a wizard. <laughs> I can't make him a barbarian. He's not. Doesn't make sense for him to be this or this or this." So when we first started, um, I was like, "I guess being a shopkeeper, he's got access to a lot of items and magic magic mm. items, maybe, and he can cast spells through that." So I'll use the artificer. So I asked, I asked wizards at the time um, because, as I say, it was around the time of descent into Avernus, and so they didn't have uh, the Eberron thing out yet. So I said, like, hey, there's this artificer class. Um, am I cool to use that instead? And they were like, yeah, okay. So I made him the armorer at the time and gave him like a um, an animal companion um, uh, or like a robot animal companion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when we started this homebrew thing, the, uh, the the Eberron stuff was officially out. And I was like, I gave him the options. Here are your four, here are your four subclasses that you've got. Uh, he just went, it's, I think he just read as far as canon and went, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll have, have a flamethrower, please. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so he chose Artillerist. Uh, and I and neither of us knew at the time how damn involved this class is and mm. how much work it is to understand. Uh, and he's, uh, before my game with him, he does not know D&D. Right, he's he, a newbie. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a newbie to it. And so it's it's very overwhelming. By the time he's now level nine, um, it's there's just so much to, to remember and think about. Because yeah. they've they've not only got the um, all of the cannon <laughs> stuff and the wand stuff, but mm-hmm. they've got all of the in, uh, the infusions yeah, the that infusion. artificers have, mm-hmm. and they've got all the different spells that mm-hmm. they have they have, and they can prepare every morning and change them up. Yep. And then he's got his magic items that he just happens to pick up as loot on the way as well, which right. confuses him because it's like I'm like, oh, you can only turn on half of your magic items at a time. That's how infusion work oh so I, I don't have my wand of magic missiles oh no that was a thing that you just picked him in the loot so you do have oh, that one my gosh, yeah. you don't have your your jug you do have this yeah so he as i say he flavored it as um uh poppy his sheep <clears throat> is his uh, is his um uh companion uh Can. turret uh <laughs> that, that he that he creates um uh under any any particular circumstance he's just like flamethrower <laughs> and it took me a good like five episodes or so uh, sorry about um uh five table sessions so about 80 episodes or so before i was like you know you can protect with them you can give temporary hit points and, you, <laughs> and we had, we made a whole thing of it because uh, one of the things that we do is when we film at the table session and then we uh, go go back and um chop in uh green screen footage of us like acting out things that happened at the table like mm. in character in costume and so there's there's a whole thing that we kind of cut cut away to a green screen of him standing there listening to this guy giving an inspirational speech for 10 minutes of uh of temporary hit points at the end of it and then at the end of it he goes right poppy temporary hit points <laughs> and she gives the she, she does it on, as a bonus action rather than 10 minute speech <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah, have you ever it, managed it, to take out his cannon by the way 
Uh, no, I've, I've never really focused on it because I know that if I did kill Poppy, I'd get death threats. <laughs> there'd be thousands of, be thousands oh, of people no. in the comments that would much rather see Greg die than Poppy, <laughs> even, though she, even, though, even though she's an inanimate, uh, she, she's an animate object and mm-hmm. can can be recast again for the sake of a spell slot. Right. Uh, people would be like, "No, you how killed Poppy. You, how dare sir. you?" That's so funny. Because he went and made her an adorable sheep. Right. <laughs> how dare he? That's a part of the team, was, indeed. I was just checking my. Um, my my things here because I thought I had him in front of me, but I think the other guy's keeping hold of him. I've got Hero Forge minis of all the different NPCs oh, and things sure. from that campaign, and I have one of him holding a Gatling gun uh, from when he turns her into a, a mini a mini handheld version of her. He oh, okay, so so he gun. goes handheld sometimes. Occasionally, yeah. Once I pointed that out to him after like seventy episodes, I was like, you know, that she doesn't have to be a sheep every time. That's hilarious. That's too funny. Like, now, oh, what? can in. I make her a gun? <laughs> and so I said, yeah, yeah, you can make her make her a gun. And he's like, can I make her like a, a Gatling gun? And I was like, yeah, but I mean, we'll flavor it as the damage still just like like firing off like a Gatling gun, but you'll you'll still only be doing one attack per round. Right. <laughs> he's like, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> So besides so Poppy the sheep, does he have any like standout spells, go-to cantrips, like anything signature yeah, his, that he uh, does? His cure wounds with a bucket is definitely the thing uh, <laughs> he goes to as well. His magic bucket of healing water. I love it. Um, and it's particularly iconic because he he notoriously rolls badly on healing every time. Oh, he is no. he is the party healer, which mm-hmm. being an artillerist is not the best mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're de- 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 depending on that guy to heal you. Yeah, but he's the only yeah. one with any cure any curing at all. Mm-hmm. So he spends his his spell slots on cure wounds. Uh, runs up to them, throws a bucket of water on them, and misses, and gets like a one on his and his healing roll. <laughs> and so then, we've, then of course, that gives us uh, fun cutaways in the green screen of him like running up and missing oh, somebody, so and then the person that's who needs so the good. healing just kind of looks down, looks back <laughs> up at him, bends down and just like wipes their hand in the puddle, and they're like, "Thanks, Greg, really appreciate you, man." That's great. That's fantastic. <clears throat> yeah, good stuff. And uh, and then his tinkering with random objects and and I ask him what he's what are you tinkering with to make this noise? Um because the, the artifices have also got that magical tinkering thing they can do where they can in, they can uh, interact with a tiny object to make it make emit a sound or a smell or something. Yeah. Um and one time they were trying to persuade uh <laughs> they were trying to bribe off like a thieves guild guard um and they said like, oh, we need, he said, oh, if you give me 2000 gold, I'll do it. And they had like 20 gold between them. <laughs> so, so, so he goes, oh, I'm going to get out this bag of gold. And then one of them cast the mind illusion of a bag of gold. <laughs> and I says, you know, it could, you can't make sound with it. And so he quickly got out like a pebble and tinkered with it to say, I'm a bag of gold. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not the sound I was expecting, but sure. Here's a question. Did it work? It did not. No. <laughs> oh man! It, it, I mean, it worked oh. in so much as they didn't get murdered by the thieves' right. guild. They found it funny, That's rather funny. than uh, rather than cheeky. So at level nine, what what are these dudes facing at level nine? What's going on in the campaign? Uh, going on at the campaign at the moment is they're dealing with a hags' guild because uh, because the um, uh, Wizards of the Coast guys got in touch and said, "Do you want to uh, do you want to sponsor uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, the fairy one?" Right. Um, and we were like, sure, what do I need to include? I'm not doing the whole campaign. This is a homebrew thing. Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, we just need the uh, the hag coven from that, um, the, the hourglass coven that are all about past, present, and future. Uh, so I included those three. I included a couple of other characters from that campaign. And basically, these guys are going through and fighting those three hags well, at the moment. freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Um, cool. Power yeah, things hags. too, because I because originally when the Wizards of the Coast got in touch, it was before, um, before Wild came out. And they said... 
do you, uh, uh, they said, do you, do you mind including this, this, and this? And I said, no, but like, send me the stats for them. And they were like, we haven't really finished the stats for them yet. Oh. So you can make them up. So, <laughs> so, so I started making up my own uh, hags with past, present, and future abilities. Uh, the, the hag of the past. Um, is she here? Yeah, she's here. This little like, little, uh, little frog-like lady. Uh, I'm on the, it's not going to be good for an audio podcast, but I'm sure enough, my Hero Forge mini. Oh, like well, we have a YouTube with... channel too, so they can see it. True. Um, so she had abilities like, um, uh, uh, oh no, so she's, she's the hag of the present. And so her abilities were things like, I'm thinking the same thing. And as, as a reaction, when somebody does an action, she can do the exact same action with using the same roles and stuff as it's happening in the same present moment and oh, stuff. Wow. Um, and then the hag of the past that they've just killed, uh, she, she had abilities like, um, I remember things differently where she can force you to reroll an attack. Oh, so, she can like retroactively. So I had a lot of, yeah, I had a lot of fun awesome. coming up with past, present and future abilities <laughs> for these hags. And then the wild, wild came out and I was like, man, this, this is kind of a, a lacking stat. They've just got like claw and bite attacks and stuff. And they right. don't really have anything <sighs> exciting. Is... And stuff. Yeah. They've, yeah, this is homogenized, uh, homogenized stat blocks sometimes a little bit. Yes, a little too much. Um, so, so I was like, I'm just gonna keep using mine. <laughs> mine are better. <laughs> mine are better. <laughs> no, that's cool. That sounds awesome. All right. Well, I think that covers it for the artillerist. Yeah, I'm looking at. Um, we pretty. I was looking at the regular artificer stuff. We've pretty much covered like most of the stuff on there. So, yeah, yeah I think that was that was really cool. I like. Thanks Greg's for sharing, character. man. Yeah, he's um, a fun he's a fun character, and people should definitely go check him out. And they should check him out while he lasts, because unfortunately, he's never going to get to the uh, the the fifteenth level fortified position feature. Because <laughs> he, the, the, I'm not I'm not uh, announcing that I'm killing him. Uh, I am what announcing, however, that the uh, the the player has come to me out of game and said like this is getting too overwhelming. I've got Ooh. I've got a bunch of like cards and things for him. I've got the, these like spell cards and stuff and mm -hmm. uh and one of the fans has made us like homebrewed some um some some cards that'll remind us what they can do right and he's just got and he's got an entire deck of cards in front of him spread on the table about all the different features he, can, crazy, he has yeah. and all the different items he has and stuff and he said i'm just i'm finding that it's more anxiety inducing than fun i can so totally understand next, that yeah, for sure. yeah. So in the next table session i'm reclassing him i'm just going to say hey you want to lean into healer and I went through all the different subclasses in the game and I said, here are all of the subclasses ranked by how good they are at healing. Mm. <laughs> Let's talk about what you want to become. Yeah, cleric, and, you know, bard, really et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah scaling exactly. back. I mean, like, uh, it's hard. It's a little bit of a skill wall for new players to go into casting in general yeah. to yeah. tackle the artificer with its own special set. Like, mm -hmm. it's casting and this whole other piece of building. Yeah. It's definitely it's not <laughs> the class you want to be your first class. No, it, and it's and it's uh, it's highlighted by the fact that he sits right next to the barbarian at the table. <laughs> he has, has four things he can do on his table. Oh, man. <laughs> That's too funny. And he's got four cards sitting in front of him. Rage, <laughs> frenzy, whatever. And he's like, uh, okay, we've, we've joked before that Rowan could be replaced by a soundboard when I'm like, right, Rowan, it's your turn. And he goes, frenzy, rage, attack. Nice. <laughs> That sounds about right. Yeah, that's so, that tracks. So, so yeah, Alan looks across and goes, "I want that. I want, I want something that's let, that I don't have to yeah, worry something about." Something straightforward. I, just I know, especially when you're act. on camera and you're getting recorded. Like right. the, the extra pressure yeah. that adds to being able to handle that. This as a new player, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I could see why it was a good decision to jump out. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because at the end of the day, it's about important. It's about fun. Like you're. you're yeah, if if the players aren't having fun, then nothing's sacred. You can you yeah. can take all of the levels away from them and give them levels in something else. It's exactly, like nothing's stopping you. 
You're exactly. an omnipotent god at the table. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> 100% like you can bend agree. the rules, break the rules, ignore the rules. If fun first. And not having fun. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys want to catch Greg the Artillerist, go check out Robert Hartley's stuff right now before it's too late. Links in the description. Thank you, Robert, for coming on the show. You've been excellent, man. Thank you very much for having me. And, and I look forward I'm to I'm excited to come on your show as well. On a short rest, yeah. Mm hmm. All right, guys, with that, I think we're going to take a long rest. Hey everybody, welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the show where we do that one thing where we're gonna we're gonna get ready to rest for a long time. It's just Brian here. Uh, we got caught up talking to Rob at the end of the episode. We forgot to do the long rest. We just jumped into recording the next episode. Uh, but thanks a whole bunch to Robert Hartley for coming on the show. That was a really great and fun interview. I love talking about that subclass, but we're not here to talk about that right now. We're here to talk about you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate it and we love you. Um, yeah, if you want to support us, you can check us out on patreon.com slash the dungeon cast where you can get episodes of this show one week early ad free and a bunch of other stuff. But if you can't support us monetarily, totally okay. We totally understand. Uh, what you could do is go to uh, the, it's not the iTunes store anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. Go there. Leave a review. And if you're on Spotify, go there and leave a review. You're there now, aren't you? Aren't you? Do it, coward. I'm just kidding. Uh, you're not a coward. You're, you're super brave. Um, but yeah, or you can check out our Discord or our uh, social media accounts or anything. If you want to buy some merch, we have a link for a merch store down below. If you want to send some sweet mail, I'll read it on the show uh, to the P.O. box that is also listed in the notes below. Lots of cool stuff in the notes below. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening once again. We'll catch you next time. Uh, we're going to call it a game. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.